Good evening, brothers and sisters. Uh, welcome once again to this online service. We've been talking about the coming of the Lord Jesus. When He comes, He wants to be glorified uh, in His people and, uh, uh, and through us. And so when He comes, He will be looking for fruits from our lives. And uh, I just want to begin by reading the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3, verse 7 to verse 9. Luke, chapter 3, verse 7. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who want you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our fathers. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children for Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. So you see, when we come to the Lord Jesus, we come in repentance, turning away from our sin, our ways, and acknowledging Him as Lord. And as a result of this decision, if it is genuine repentance, then there will be fruits that come as a result of our repentance. So John the Baptist is warning the people that if you have repented, where is the fruit? You cannot say, oh, we are Abraham's children. Because God can turn the stone into his, his Abraham's children. So the same thing with, with us. You know, Jesus, when he comes, he comes in his glory. He comes riding on the, on, the, on the cloud in fire. He comes to judge. And we cannot say, well, you know, we are Christian. Uh, we are Abraham's children. Jesus will come looking for fruits. What sort of fruits have you been bearing during these times? And he will punish or reward according to uh, the fruits that is being uh, uh, bore by us. And uh, so the Apostle Paul knew this. And in 2 Thessalonians 1, verse 11, he knew the coming judgment. He said, with this in mind, with the judgment of God in mind, with the wrath of God that is coming, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of His calling and that by His power, He may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in Him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. So, 
You see the last verse that we read. You know, the purpose of his prayer is so that Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him. Can you see? That is exactly what happened when Jesus comes again. He is being glorified in us and we in him. And so definitely he's talking about the second coming of Jesus and Paul is praying for the Christians. You know, that they, that the, the, the desire, the good desire that is within them might, might birth of fruits by the power of God, right? To, to, to glorify uh, our Lord Jesus. So this is definitely an, an urgent matter that we bear forth good fruits. And that's why the apostle prayed. Even though these people are Christian, he keep praying uh, for them, bearing in mind the coming judgment. So many Christians, we live uh, carelessly, we live uh, casually, we are not intentional, we are not purposeful in our living, in wanting to bear forth good fruits, because we have been told, you know, you believe in Jesus, now you go to heaven. There's no more judgment. Yet the apostle Paul is praying for the Christian, bearing in mind the judgment that is coming, that we might uh, bring forth good fruits. And John, the, uh, uh, the Baptist preached that every tree that does not bear forth good fruits will be chopped off. And burn. Okay, so I hope there is enough scripture to warn us, to remind us that we must bear forth good fruits. And uh, by his power, by his power, you know, working in our life. So Paul is praying that these Christians, these Thessalonians, will be successful in bringing forth good fruits by the power of God. Uh, working in their life. So this evening we want to look, first of all, on the negative side. Why we are bearing forth bad fruits. And next week we will touch on how we can bear good fruits. Right, and uh, so let's look at uh, James, the book of James 4, verse 1 to 4. Book of James 4, verse 1 to 4. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desire that battle within you? You desire but do not have, so you kill, you cover, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive. Because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your pleasure. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So again, James is writing to the Christians. You know, we the children of God, we should bear forth good fruits. But how is it that there are quarrel, 
there are fights, and you kill, not physically, not lit, not uh, uh, physically, but you you destroy one another. You destroy the church because of what's happening. So that's why we want to look into the scripture. How is it that Christians, we are supposed to be loving, we are supposed to bear forth good fruits, and yet many times we see people, you know, attacking one another in church, attacking the leaders, causing troubles, causing division. What is the reason? Okay, so first of all, we understand that fruits bearing comes from our desire, the type of desire that you have. If you have good desire, then you will birth off good fruits. But that desire will result in bad fruits uh, coming from our life. And so, this bad desire, it comes from our flesh. And it says, don't they come from your desire that battle within you? So this is our inner desire. A lot of times people blame what they uh, produce or, or the, the result on other people. But the word of God telling, is telling us that this desire is within. You, you, you wrestle with your own inner desire, your fleshly desire inside. So we don't look at other people, we don't blame people, and uh, because these are fleshly desire. And uh, he said, when you desire, you should ask God, so that means some of this desire that we have, they are not wrong in themselves. It's just that your ways of meeting those desire is worldly, is fleshly. It resulted in death, in strife, in, in fights. You see, our desire for love and acceptance, for significance, importance, security. All these desires are not wrong. All these desires are created by God so that we can look to Him. And that's why the scriptures say, hey, you know, you should ask God you know, to, to meet those desires, to meet those needs and not going about the wrong way. Trying to meet your desire to people, to what you do, and when you don't get it, you don't get what you want, then you create problems, you fight, you, 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 you kill, you, you quarrel. So understand, some of the, 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 the inner needs, they are not wrong in themselves, but it's how we meet those needs. The Bible says you meet those needs by asking God. And it says, you know, when you ask God, you didn't receive. Why? It's not that your request is wrong, but it's your motive. You ask with the wrong motive that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. You're asking for selfish reason. Where else God wants you? 
to ask Him to meet your needs so that He may be glorified, so that you can share His goodness to others. But no, you ask it out of selfishness, out of selfish reason to meet your own, for your own pleasure, to meet the flesh, the desire of your flesh. Because you asked with the wrong motive, you did not get. So can you see the reason why we see among Christians in churches some of these bad fruits that come forth from people who do not, well, who know God, who knows God, who love God, but, but they are friends with the world. They are friends with the world. And you see, they love God, but they are not meeting their needs with a pure heart coming before God and ask God to meet their needs. They, they follow the ways of the world. The world meet this inner needs by trying to accumulate more things, trying to strive for success so that they can boast that they are somebody you know, trying to get the outward, uh, well, positions and wealth and, and many of these things, which are very good, which are not wrong. But they use this to meet their needs, where else all these inner needs can only be met by God. And that's why these men in the world, they can do anything to get what they want. And so these Christians in church, they are do using the same method. And when they get what they want, they are happy. They are angels in church. They are so good in church. But when they don't get what they desire, that's when fights, quarrels, envy, murder comes. That's when bad fruits come. And so, so God is saying, hey, when you are friends with the world, you are enmity against God. You are actually enemies of God. You're actually working against God. Hey, these are Christians that the Bible is talking about. So we better not be presumptuous to think that, oh, we believe in Jesus. Oh, we love God. We are serving. Well, we are, well, what's wrong with us? You better look into the scripture. What is in the motive of your heart? What is the reason why you quarrel? Why you slander? Why you attack your leader? Why you murmur? Why you combat? What are the reasons? Is it because you didn't get what you want? The recognition, the approval, the love, you know, the respect. Is it because you didn't get it? So, you created this problem. You see, because of bad desire, worldly desire, fleshly desire, that produces uh, bad fruits, bad fruits. And uh, the Bible describes friendship with the world as adulterous. He said, you adulterous people. 
Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. So, you know, we, a lot of times, Christians, we frown at people who commit physical adultery. But God is saying, if you commit this spiritual adultery, you are my enemy. He's not, you know, I'm not saying it's okay to, to, to commit adultery, but I'm drawing to you from the scripture how God looked at spiritual adultery, you know, the, the, the heart that pleases the, the flesh and want to meet the needs, our needs, by human ways, by worldly ways. God said, you are my enemy. You're working against me. You are, you know. And, and, and these are Christians, Christians. So brothers and sisters, I'm reading from the New Testament, book of James. So don't think, don't assume that we love God, we serve, and then we are okay, you know, we're doing well. John the Baptist said, don't say that you are Abraham's children. You know, show it by the fruits. Show it by what you, what's the result of what you are doing. Otherwise, you are enemies of God because when you do it the worldly way, not that what you do, what you, you know, is wrong. You could be, it, it could be in a ministry. But you end up fighting. You end up causing division. You know, it could be something that is legitimate, something that is good, but your wrong motive. So you see, wrong motive is often mixed motive. Adulterous generation, love God, love the world, love God, love your flesh, love yourself. Mixed motive. Mixed motive. I think we really need to examine our heart, isn't it? Because it's true, very often there, there is mixed motive in our hearts. And so we, we got to purify the hearts. Otherwise, it leads to deception. We thought, hey, we are serving God. We, you know, we, 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 wow, we give, we, we sacrifice, we are so enthusiastic. Yeah, what is the motive? What is the desire? What is the desire? You know, some people, they can talk bad against another church and they try to build another church. I remember one time, uh, God warns me about these people who are causing division. Can you imagine? Here is God warning me to do something. And on the other side, there are pe people who are praying, oh, that they will, they, they will uh, start a church, God will bless them. You see, so, so can you see, sometimes, yeah, we, indeed, we, we brought people to know the Lord. But when we stand before God, what would God say? Would God say this is adulterous generation, right? Or, or, or is God pleased with what we, we have done? You know, so, so I mentioned God will bless what we do, but we may not have the blessing of God. You know, because he honors his name. He will save people when we 
preach to them about Jesus, but we can be drunkard, we can be backslider, but God still uses us because He honors, uh, honors His name and His word. But it doesn't mean that He approves of our behavior. So this is, this is what we uh, must learn this, this evening. Our fruits, the fruits of our life come from our, our desire. And what is your desire? Is it after God or is it following the ways of this world? So, secondly, worldly desire produces conflict with God and people. Fleshly desire, worldly desire produces conflicts with God and with people. I just talk to you about being enemies of God so we wouldn't uh, touch on that. But it also resulted in us having conflicts with others uh, in the church because we desire what we want for recognition, for approval, for position maybe, and, and, and whatever, whatever is your desire, when you do not get it, that's when you begin to turn against those people whom you think they should uh, meet your desire through their words, through their approval. And so uh, that's when envy, quarrel, uh, uh, fights, uh, and death comes. Quarrel. Why, why, why should there be quarrel? Because now we want to prove we are right. Because we are not getting the approval or the recognition. We want to prove that we are right. So, so we quarrel. We twist some of the truth that happens to create that kind of a, a misunderstanding and justification for our foul behavior and foul attitudes. And it's amazing when people are in that condition, they they somehow get everything wrong. Somehow they're not able to listen to, to what is being said. You know, because the devil has come in and create, wanting to create that kind of strife among God's people. And it resulted in fight. Attack the other person or, or hurts the other person through our words, through our slander. Because we see them as standing in our way. They are against us in getting what we want. So that's why very often leaders are target of these people because leaders seem to be seeing differently, discerning different things. And, and, and as a result, these people, they begin to twist and turn and begin to slander and begin to, to fight. And they kill. That means they, they don't care. What's the consequence? All they want is to get what they want. And so they, they can kill such bitter anger, disrespect for, for life and for God uh, is in. And uh, so they could, they could kill. We're talking about Christians. We're talking about supposedly loving Christians. People who love God, who wants to serve God. And yet this is the fruits that we produce because of the fleshly, ungodly desire that's in our heart. Okay? And uh, finally, God will judge. God will judge. Second Peter 2, 
verse 9 to 10. If this is so, then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to hold the unrighteous for punishment on the day of judgment. This is especially true of those who follow the corrupt desire of the flesh and despise authority, bold and arrogant. They are not afraid to heap abuse on celestial beings. So God will judge the unrighteous. <laughs> who are these unrighteous? These are God's people. But they do not honor authority. They do not honor the authority God has set in place. And I talk to people and one people tell me this is not level playing field. They think that, you know, as a pastor, I should be on level, on par with, with him to talk about certain matter. So these people, they have no respect for authority. They do not recognize God's authority. They will never say, you know, we, we will fight against God. We, we do not recognize God's authority. They will never say that. In their heart, they think they love God. They think that they submit to authority because they, they want to do what God wants. But they don't recognize that to do what God wants is submit to the authority that God has set in His church. So they follow the corrupt desire of the flesh and follow the ways of the world. And, and their attitude is just foul, rebellious, self-righteous, arrogance. Uh, and they, they, they want, to, want you to listen to them and uh, follow their ways. And if you don't agree with their ways, then you are stubborn. You know, because you don't follow what they say. And so we, we got to recognize this kind of spirit that is in church, in the people of God. And if you are that kind of person, you better watch out because there is the judgment of God. There is uh, uh, the punishment that comes on the day of judgment. The reason is because these people do not want to come under discipline. Leaders will exercise discipline. Leaders will exercise authority and they cannot stand that kind of authority because they, they think about level playing field. So uh, that's why they are bold and arrogant. I, I share on this uh, uh, topic about even angels. When they speak to the fallen angels, they recognize their authority, their position that God has given, even though they are fallen. And so we better recognize the authority that God has set over us so that we will not end up slandering, accusing, uh, being so bold and arrogant against God. And that's why God said, when you follow your flesh, you are my enemy. You are working against me. Because these are the leaders, these are the servants that I've set in place. And I want you to submit to them. I want you to follow you know, and, and, and work with them. But you have rebelled against the authority because you want to follow the way of the flesh. So God will, has reserved uh, judgment for those who behave in such a manner, who bear such bad fruits. But it says here, the Lord know how, knows how to rescue the godly from trials. So if we're in 
a position of authority or in a situation where we face this kind of uh, abuse that comes from this kind of people, we can take heart that God knows how to preserve us. God knows how to uh, rescue the, the godly from this kind of situation. But He will hold them accountable and judge them for what they do. So this evening, uh, we wants to bear good fruits in our life. We want to bear fruits that is in keeping with repentance by honouring God, by honouring the authority that is set, by seeking Him to meet our needs in the right attitude, in the right way, so that we would not end up having bad desire or, or, or mixed desire, mixed motive. You know, we want God, we want the world. We, we have mixed motive so that we produce bad fruits. We, we become enemies of God. We produce division, strife, envy, slander, murder, you know, through our words, through our words. So this evening, we really need to search, search our hearts and pray that whatever is not right in our hearts, we get it right and produce fruit in keeping with repentance because we know that when Jesus appears, we will appear with Him in glory and He will be glorified in us and through us. And He wants to see fruits, good fruits, you know, being presented to Him. Shall we pray? Father, we thank You for Your goodness. We thank You for working in our life through your power, through your words, to put those godly desire, that good desire in our hearts so that we may produce good fruits, O oh God. Lord, we pray for your church that your words will sanctify us, your words will purify us so that those who are walking in the wrong path will know how to turn back to you in repentance and, and receive you as truly Lord and God of their life so that they will be spared from this kind of judgment that is coming. Bless your church, O oh God. Let your church be purified. Be that glorious bright that will come to receive you when you come again. We thank you. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.